0: Hello and welcome back to the Littlest petcast. I am your host James, and today we are going over the episode on the same page. So it begins with Young Me and Nutmeg in Blythe's room, and Young Me is showing Nutmeg a design she thinks would look cute on her, but Nutmeg says that she's not the expert, and that maybe she should ask Blythe. Young Me asks Blythe to translate, and Blythe, who's looking at the journal, translates and then realizes she's part of the conversation now. Then looks and says, Yeah, that is really cute. Young Mi kind of teases uh, Blythe to Nutmeg about her intense focus on the book, and then whispers something to Nutmeg. Nutmeg barks, and Young Me asks Blythe to translate again. Blythe says, Nutmeg said, Boo Boo Honey Bun Banana Patch Forward Box. Blythe then gets snapped out of her reading and is like, Huh? Young Me giggles to herself and says, We had to think of some way to get you to look up. Uh, so, so this one, okay. Plythe then says, sorry, me, which is, which is confusing because she's talking to young me, but it sounds like she's saying sorry to herself. And that's a, that's a bit of a... This is a bit of a weird one. It's 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 hard to like wrap your head around that one. She then spots something that worries her in the journal, and uh she spies an entry from her mom saying that the power to speak to animals may suddenly disappear. And that's where the entry ends. And Young Me says that's terrible and Blythe remembers Uh, when she took that medicine, she lost the ability. And that was only for a day. She doesn't know what she would do if she lost it forever. But, I mean, okay. So, most of her life has been spent not being able to talk to animals. So... It'd be an adjustment, or a readjustment for sure. And I know Blythe kind of relies on this to fight her loneliness issues. But she could still do it. It'd be kind of hard at first. And she could still do it, although maybe it would give her a new lease on life. I don't know, the semantics of losing her ability to speak to animals... It's... Okay, it's a good idea. It's a good idea to confront that issue, but I don't know, it's... Hmm. I guess she's gotten so used to it where not having it would be... Like, a problem. But I don't think it would be, like, a problem for too long? It's it's weird. Because I don't... Again, because there's also, like, the mental thing about this... Where, like, she, like, her power helps her with some of her mental, uh, instability. So, like, I don't know, maybe she'd actually need to go see a therapist (laughs) about this, finally. And she's been coasting on this, but, I don't know, she should, she should still see one either way. (laughs) It's just... Weird. Okay? So. I mean, it's... Okay. Okay, look, look, look. It's a good premise. They handle it well in the episode. As well as they can, at least. (laughs) And, I don't know, it makes sense for... Blythe to maybe think about this. It's just... Hmm. It's just a question of how rational is Blythe because Blythe is presented as being fairly rational she's like the straight man to all the animals antics I mean she she also has her moments of like being irrational and getting caught up in things it's it's a it's a fine line to walk so, I guess to summarize, Blythe would have more problems making the readjustment than I thought she would have, because, I don't know, because of, like, all of the other things that contribute to her, her life and the way it is. I don't know, I have, I have a comparison, but I'm going to save that until the end, because that's where most of it is anyway, I'll just, um, uh, I'll just press on so in the day camp now vinnie and russell are playing ring toss which um hmm. say it looks more like horseshoes because there's only like one one uh pole that they're aiming for instead of like you know a big old carnival ring toss where you just have to like land the ring uh you know, and one of the things. But whatever. Vinny's about to throw it when Russell yells, Choke! And Vinny misses and it ends up in Pennyling's stuffed animal pile. And I'm just going to keep pressing on. Russell is confident in himself. But uh, he also misses. And it lands in Zari's costume pile. Which Vinny says, choke And also says they can't get it now, like how they couldn't get it with, uh, you know, Pennyling's stuffed animal pile. Russell tries to, but ends up wearing, like, a princess dress and a tiara and stuff. And Vinny wonders if the play area is more girly now. Sunil comes over and says it's not just him, and he's also in a makeup and boa. Russell asks what happened, and Minka comes and says... How am I supposed to finish my painting Female Mongoose in a Pink Boa if you keep walking off? You'd think she'd be more understanding about the need to move, but maybe those lessons from Master Hop really paid off, and she's a little more, you know, patient and a little less having to move around now. So Sunil goes back, and Russell thinks it's time to have a chat with the girls. So Blythe is freaking out about the possibility of not being able to speak with the pets young me asks if there's more and Blythe says there isn't she then hypothesizes that the entry ends abruptly because a government agent kidnapped her to keep her animal speaking ability a secret young me rolls her eyes and Blythe says that she may have over exaggerated Young Mi says that there are more ways of communicating with the pets than just talking you know like sign language Blythe likes the idea and wants to try things to see what sticks. However, she'll have to experiment without letting the pets know what's up because she doesn't want them to worry unnecessarily. <laughs> Which, okay, is is both completely logical and makes no sense, as we'll see later. But it's it's a great... <laughs> It's a great encapsulation of what makes this show this show. Because it's reasonable ideas presented in unreasonable ways. <laughs> and and it, it just... If that's not what this show is, I don't know what is. So Zoe is posing with a yellow dress for Penny and Pepper. And uh, she says that the competition isn't for two weeks... But uh, she likes all of her ducks in a row before the competition starts. And then Penny says she likes it, saying it matches her in the sense that it's cute. Minka likes it, but then wonders where all the ducks are and why she needs them in a row. And then Pepper offers her joke flower, but then gets a look on her face. When asked, Pepper says that her skunk sense is activating... And it senses something behind her, and she turns to see the disgruntled boys. In a blink-and-you'll-miss-it kind of joke, the dramatic music is actually being played on a tape recorder by Penny Ling, who then stops it and says it comes in handy. And it's just a weird joke that lasts for all of two seconds, and I don't even know why it's there. Like, I don't, I get like, that joke is not really, like, my cup of tea when it comes to jokes. Especially in this episode. There are a lot of good jokes in this episode, but, I don't know, this one's just weird. Zoe asks, is there anything we can do to help you, gentle pets? And then, uh, they say, yes. Russell goes on to explain how the play area is overrun with girl stuff. Vinny and Sunil chime in agreeing with that. Russell says that having all of this stuff strewn about is unsafe and also just kind of cramps their vibe. Russell says it's like having a bunch of driftwood on a beach. Russell then finds some driftwood to prove his point, but Vinny says that it's his. So, yeah, they, they basically explain that they don't like the amount of girl stuff that's in the play area at the moment. So Pepper points out that there's also a lot of, okay, they they use the term junk in this scene. So, uh, like Russell's going on about how there's too much girl junk, but then Pepper points out that there's a lot of boy junk around here as well. And then Vinny says we actually need our junk, which, which you know what, little, little claps there. You did it. You got you got that past the radar somehow. That, that is getting crap past the radar. Because <laughs> that's, that's... That's something. Sunil says that the girl junk takes up more room, despite the fact that when it pans out, it looks evenly divided. And, of course, leave it to the men to say that they have less when they have more, because... There's four girls, three guys. If Like, the guy stuff takes up, like, half the room. And the girl stuff takes up half the room. And they have individual stuff. That means there's, like... Like, the girl stuff has, like, one quarter to a half of a room. Whereas the boys have one third to a half of a room. But they still feel like they don't have enough space. (laughs) So... (sighs) Anyway, Minka says that, uh, they also need more stuff and it's their space too, which is an excellent point. And then Russell says that if all of this stays, they leave and then Pepper sprays them with the joke flower and they growl at each other. Blythe is trying to figure out ideas and wants them to be unique on how to talk to the animals without talking to them. She checks the journal again to try and gain some insight, and it comes up short again. She is spiraling, I guess, so the boys are now in the loft upstairs in the um you know in the in the shop part of the littlest pet shop instead of the day camp, and then Vinny says that this is their sanctuary. Sunil corrects him to sanctuary, and then Vinny asks what that means, and Russell says, basically a safe place. Vinny then asks, what does sanctuary mean? Russell responds that you're not very smart, and Vinny gets offended. (laughs) Which, Russell, you 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 gotta just tone it down on making fun of Vinny. Just Just a little bit. So... Russell gets the idea to turn this space into their own personal boy cave, which Sunil and Vinny are on board with. Russell wants a flat screen with consoles and a huge speaker system. Sunil wants foosball and air hockey, because who doesn't love foosball and air hockey? Vinny says they should go big or go home and create an entire amusement park with a log flume, the world's biggest merry-go-round, all the stops. However, it turns into just beanbags, ring toss, and a fort made out of kibble. But they're satisfied with it, because, you know, they're chill. They think the girls would get jealous about this, and go to gloat, saying that girls are not allowed beyond this point. However, the girls stick their tongues out at them, and they say that wasn't the reaction they were expecting. So, okay. This whole plot comes off strong at first and it's it's a tad odd it it kind of like how strong it is out of the gate is a little weird for the show because like we've been over this the show does discuss gender and feminism and uh like all of that stuff it's done it's done that in the past but presenting the dichotomy of gender like in such an overt way like is is a, is a little weird cuz it's it's such a like strong defined start where like you know it it is very clear this is like battle of the sexes but It's, it's also just like way too overpowering to like, I mean, they, they, they make a man cave to get away from all the girl junk and they feel overrun. Like, okay. Like, again, this is a good jumping off point and, uh, like it can go into some interesting places. But, it's, it just, it comes off too strong at the very beginning. Like, as it goes on, uh, it tempers down a little. But, like, you know, I'm going to talk about, like, this at the end. Because, like, there there are a few things. Because, I don't know, it just, it seems, it seems like, th like this episode comes out of the gate swinging with some uh like big ideas and like strong you know strong points it wants to make and it it feels like it 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 might not hit especially considering how strong their swing is like i know i know that's uh now that seems like an odd metaphor, but like if if you practice, if you put all of your effort into one swing and it misses, it just looks bad. So like if if you swing hard and swing accurately, you you get a grand slam of epic proportions. If you swing hard and, like, whiff and it just goes into the catcher's mitt, then you just have someone embarrassing themselves on home base. And, I don't know, it seems like, with, with both plots, mind you, it feels like it's ready to take a big swing. Like, instead of, like, a bunt or even, like, a single... It, it kind of uh, it, it's it's weird because like I don't know like hmm there there are like plenty of, there are plenty of episodes in this show that handle like gender well enough and there are plenty of episodes in other shows that han- handle gender. Well enough, and the fact that this starts off strong is, is, is sort of a red flag at the beginning. It, it, it's hard to say because like I don't know this, this is just one of those episodes where as it continues, like views change where, like, uh, there's this whole rant I had, but it's kind of just tapering off at the moment because of, like, you know, stuff later. So, back at the episode, uh, Blythe comes down to meet the girls and wonders where all the boys are. They explain the argument they're having, and Blythe does find it odd that this is happening and says it's a bit silly. The boys come down and the girls wonder if they're here to apologize. The boys laugh in their face and Penny says that they didn't need to laugh that hard. They say they're here for some more of their things and then they'll leave once and for all. Blythe asks, isn't this a bit silly? To which the pets huff. Blythe says that she has a gender neutral activity for them She'll do something, and you have to guess what she's saying. Penny thinks this is a game, and Blythe says, kind of, and then Blythe gets out some flags and does semaphore. <laughs> so he asks if Blythe is okay, and then Blythe explains what semaphore is. Where, like, you wave flags and each combination of flag waves means a different letter of the alphabet. But then she gives up on explaining and says to herself that this isn't a good idea. I don't even understand semaphore. How can the pets understand semaphore? And then she leaves. And then Vinny wonders if something is wrong. And Sunil says it's hard to say. People are complicated. Throw in some flags and I'm lost completely... (laughs) And just like just the idea of Blythe just just like trying semaphore to see if it works is probably one of the funniest things in this show. Or at least this season. Uh it's it's so It's so like it's it's not even like a joke at anyone's expense. It's just Hey, guest semaphore. <laughs> uh, but also, I do like the scene because the pets kind of understand that something is wrong with Blythe, and like they might do something about it if they weren't caught up in their own petty argument, which. Blythe points out is a bit petty but they're, they're caught up in it just how like Blythe is caught up in her you know assumptions on what's going to happen which I mean also is the basis of the you know the first episode of the season where Blythe is wondering like what she's going to do with her life so I guess it's a good continuation off of that. So the guys are back in their loft and brag about how they can do whatever they want without the girls nagging them. So they bowl Russell and then Pepper comes and remarks, so this is what you do without us. Russell nervously says, no, we're doing cool stuff. They asks if uh, Pepper and the rest of them miss them. And Pepper says, no, we're just hungry, and grabs some kibble from the fort and collapses the fort and then leaves. So Neil says he kind of misses the girls because interesting things such as fort collapse. Fort. Fort fort collapses. Holy crap. Happen when they're around. Vinny and Russell kind of agree. All right, so after listening to that, I'm keeping that in just because I think it's funny. And it's really just more for me. So, uh, meanwhile, Zoe asks if everyone else is having a good time without the boys. And then Pepper comes in with the kibble and says that the boys are having fun without us and everyone seems disappointed. Zoe rallies everyone and says that this is their chance to do what they want. When asked, Zoe offers to model again. Minka suggests looking on the boys and they all agree to do it. So they sneak up and they see the boys kind of lounging around and eating and drinking and producing gases. And they back up and Zoe wonders if it looks like they miss him. The others say it's a bit hard to tell and they say it's more gaseous than anything, which Zoe agrees with. So, like I said, like it, it comes off strong at the beginning but it 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 t- it simmers down kind of quickly. Like like there there's a there's a there's a high spike right away and then it just kinda like falls dramatically where like they do admit to you know, missing them or wanting to have fun with them. Both sides do this and they they get the sense that something is wrong here but they just cling stubbornly to the argument they were having in the first place it is it is something I don't know I I remember it being a little stronger for longer but the whole like like, like the mass pettiness seems to have uh, gone away quickly and now it's just like pettiness for you know the sake of being petty it's not like like they they don't actually feel like spiteful anymore at this point they just they're just too proud to back down at the moment so overall I, I think it's a little better after watching it for this episode than you know, watching it on its own. No, this this generally my whole feelings on this episode is just like this is better than I remember it being. So, meanwhile, in Blythe's room, Blythe is trying to do uh, sign language with Young Me over the laptop, which, a- again, previous episode. Where were you on this? Blythe has her guess what, uh, she's trying to sign, and Youngmi's guesses are who ate the books, where are the pickles, and yay, it's Taco Tuesday. Blythe gets mad, and Youngmi tells her not to get mad at her, and Blythe says, I know, I'm mostly just mad at myself for not trying to get this settled, and it's just not working. So, Me asks why she isn't practicing on the pets, and Blythe explains that there's an argument that is dividing them, which makes her even more frustrated, because if she can't figure it out now, what can she do when she loses the ability to speak to them? She can't intervene and help them with, like, with bigger problems, like if it's small problems, like I want food or give me a hug, I'm sure Blythe can pick up on that quickly. It's just uh, pets now appear to be more complicated than what Blythe first thought. <laughs> Though I wonder if that's just city pets. Now that I think about it, maybe maybe it's a little of column A, a little of column B. Young me understands Blythe's plight and then she asks Blythe what she was trying to say earlier. Blythe says that she was trying to say stop playing in the litter box, Vinny, and Youngin says she gets it and then says not really when Blythe asks her, really? So later, Blythe is hula dancing for the boys as another means of trying to communicate, and the guys applaud? And Russell says that they get what this was about, which is it's an attempt to take their minds off the situation between the genders. And then Blythe asks if any of the symbolism of the movements of like, you know, embrace and the roaring tides, like, uh, you know, got to them. And Vinny says that he didn't understand them, but check with the other two. And they didn't either. Russell then asks Blythe uh, to take the boa down to the girls. Blythe asks why they have it, and Sunil says that it was part of his costume for Minka's painting, a female mongoose with a pink boa, that he was wearing when he stormed off, and he just happens to have it. He does reminisce about posing for the painting, even though he was complaining about it a little earlier which I guess is kind of a sign of, like, how the pets are actually taking it and why they're, why they're still sticking to their guns despite, like, that faith being hollow now. So, Russell does like the boa, but says it needs to be taken away. Blythe asks if he's sure, and then he says he likes the color and the softness, saying, girl, things aren't bad sometimes. But then he says... I can't believe I said that out loud. Russell says, no, no, like, it does bring a certain quality that this place doesn't have, and they agree to keep it, but then ask Blythe not to tell the girls that they like it, which is agreed upon. Blythe smiles, seeing how the tides are turning with or without the hula dance, I don't know. Like, I guess I just wrote that because... I don't know, the, the whole hula dancing got me on it subconsciously. I don't know. It's a... it's a weird one. So, Penny then finds Sunil's cobra plushie and think they need to return it. The girl says that it's cute for a boy thing, so they they could keep it. They wonder if they could put more boy things in here and wonder what this argument is about even at this point. So then a song happens. It's, it's a power ballad about communication breakdown. And so the guys and the girls are waiting for an apology from each other, but then just end up throwing a pity party for themselves about how, like, they, they know what to do, and they realize they're just too stubborn to do it but their stubbornness just keeps getting in the way of you know everything they're too stubborn to admit they're wrong they're too stubborn to back down they're too stubborn to like give an inch and they just they just kind of hate it but also want to defend it kind of it's a it's a weird thing and also there's a the beginning part where Sunil uh I, I think he's supposed to be dressed up like someone specific because he, he has a little he has a little curly ish mustache. Not like not like a, you know, dick dastardly mustache, but like a like a suave kind of mustache. And he does like a hey, girls. I know what you've been looking for. It seems like yesterday we were together. And now, we are apart. Kind of thing. <laughs> and it's and it's weird and hilarious. And also, uh, Blythe has a part in the song as well. And hers is a little more serious because it's about her being frustrated about what to do if she loses the ability to talk to animals, which is a bit more of a pressing issue than this, like, standoff between the genders I think that's why like I was I'm a little uneasy about this episode because like I don't know gender ideology and stuff is is very important but I don't know the way it's presented is hmm it comes off strong at the beginning it's a bit downplayed compared to uh, the A plot. And, so, like, it is the B plot. Because the A plot, it's called On the Same Page, talking about, you know, the literal page in the journal. At least that's what I think. Like, like, metaphorically, it encompasses all of the episode where the boys want to be on the same page as the girls and vice versa, but they just can't because they're too stubborn. Hmm. But it's not like they tackle this, like... It's not like they have all the wrong messages. It, it's just... I don't know how... How much the messages... Mean. I don't... Yeah, I guess... I guess... That's an apt way of putting it. Because, like... Like, again... No, none of the wrong messages, I don't... I don't think. Anyway, I might be missing something. I'm not an expert in gender studies. This is just based on, like, personal observations and feelings. Hmm. Like, okay, this. I like this episode. I like it more than I thought it, I was. But... I don't know, it it does seem, it does seem not terribly odd, but still a little odd. It it does, it does smack a bit of, like, you know, the whole, like, bottle episode problem I have, where, like, this, this isn't even, like, that bodily of an episode, because it takes place between... Like, two places, the play area and the loft. And even though they're inside the same, like, built... Like, the same part of the building, essentially. Even though it both takes place inside the littlest pet shop proper. Like, there's still two different areas. But, like, my problem with the whole bottle episode thing... Is that... The pet stories... Oftentimes feel less important than the human stories in a show called The Littlest Pet Shop. Which, I mean, I guess might be one of the reasons why Hasbro decided to cancel the show. Because, like, they see it, and it's like, it's not really doing a good job of advertising the pet aspects or, you know, as good a job as they could be doing with, you know, something like A World of Our Own, which is all pets all the time doing all sorts of pet things in a in a pet-themed environment. But, again, this show has, like, creativity and imagination, whereas I watched the first, like, five to ten minutes of World of Our Own, And I was just like bored, like just bored. I don't like like, there, there, there are things better. Okay, okay, okay. I think I landed on what I wanted to say. So, just, again, to summarize, the episode handles gender fine enough. It's just taking a weird approach to it. That's what I wanted to say. So, after the song is over, Roger passes by and asks what's wrong. Well, Roger passes by Blythe in her room and asks what's wrong. Just just to be clear. So Blythe explains she's worried about something from her mom's journal. Roger wants to look at it, A, knowing what it is, B, knowing Blythe has it for some unexplained reason, which is probably just a side effect of, you know, the the season being... Uh, declared the final season having to rush things. I guess I don't know when. When does it? When? Do, when would they have explained uh, that though? Because like, I, I guess they have most of this script written. Found out it was canceled, and then just like didn't. Didn't have time to figure out a script in which Roger finds out Blythe has her mom's journal. Because, like, I don't know, that seems like something Roger would have a vested interest in. It's just... Hmm. I don't know. So, Blythe pulls back and says, It's just kind of girly stuff, you know? Roger is okay with this, and then says to go back to the source and make sure you didn't miss anything. Boy thinks it's good advice, hugs her dad, and says thank you. Roger says that's what fathers are for, that and opening jars of spaghetti sauce. I kind of like this line because it does kind of deal with the whole gender division thing, but in a more playful way than like spiteful or superiority. Cause like, you know, like, like he's not, he's not saying it to say, Oh, men are better or, Oh, I hate women because I don't think Roger has ever thought those two things in a real capacity. Like if he was like an actor in a, like a, like a, like a high school play or something where he has to play like a like a skeezy person and say that he might be able to, although I doubt, I doubt that, that he would, he would do that even. Cause like, I don't know in, in most like high school, like musicals or, you know, plays or whatever. There's, there's a lot of typecasting and i mean a lot of typecasting cuz like i don't know it it is easier for people to like assume roles that are similar to them in in a in a high school setting where like like acting is a skill and it takes skill to be someone you are not and I mean, it also takes skill to be someone who you are in a different capacity. But I, di- I did notice that, like, I don't know, whenever, whatever high school musicals I watched or watched mostly because, like, I was only in one of them. I was a chorus member. It, like, it, it's a whole thing. I don't know. Oh, I am. I am. This is a rant that goes nowhere and is only for me. I don't. I don't even. Why did I? I know why I did this. I know why I did this. I. I see the train of logic. Forming. It's just I got way off topic. <laughs> oh boy, that, that seems to be that seems to be a theme in this episode I, I go i go way way left of where my notes say it to me Bas- basically basically like like you know what forget it let's 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 move on I'm sure you understand what i'm trying to say i'm sh- sure, nope nope i'm not, i'm i'm gonna explain it i'm just gonna i'm just gonna briefly explain it. So, basically, in high school productions, uh, people are assigned characters that more convey themselves than in actual, like, you know, acting productions. Because it's easier to understand for them. That's all I was trying to say. And I spent, like, maybe three minutes on that. I actually don't know, because, like, I'm looking at my notes and not at the, you know, how long this is taking, mostly. I did now. I'm, I'm off on a tangent on how I'm off on tangents. So, yay me. So, back to the episode. I hope you get what I was trying to say. So Blythe flips through the journal and finds a ripped page at the end and is surprised. Sunil uh, is back in the loft with Russell and Vinny, and Russell uh, is in a cannon and Sunil is about to fire it. Sunil is surprised, but Russell is determined to do this. Sunil asks if Vinny is ready, and we see him with a watermelon on his head. As we realize, this is like a... William Tell kind of thing. So, Sunil fires the cannon, and Russell misses the watermelon. And Vinny says that maybe next time, you'll you'll hit it. Russell asks if they're thinking the same thing he is. So, Vinny says, uh, that's kind of a dangerous question for me. (laughs) Which, I mean... Good good for you, Vinny, on understanding your own limitations. Uh, he asks, what are you thinking? Sunil says that the girls would never allow us to do this. Russell says, no. The girls would have loved to have been here for this and do it with us. Vinny does say he misses them and then says, if he said it out loud again, Russell says, no, we need to mend things. And they go downstairs, ready to fix everything. So, Blythe is chatting with young me again. And says she won't believe what she found. A torn page uh, from her mom's journal that uh, her mom must have put in the back of the book. For, you know, safekeeping, I guess. It's it's a little odd. But it it works. It, It... Again, I thought this aspect was worse. I remembered it being worse than what it is. That's that's also another theme to run through this episode. So, uh... Blythe says it's a continuation from the journal entry she was reading, and then reads the full thing, saying that the ability to talk to pets may disappear by drinking this awful-tasting herbal cold medicine. (laughs) So... (laughs) So... (laughs) Blaith has spent the entire day worrying about something she knew everything about. But... (laughs) the fact that it was written down by her mom... Is also kind of fun. But also, like, okay, Ro- Roger told Blythe that the label says it may impugn your ability to talk to animals. How did Blythe's mom find out about this? Like, like I don't know did was it on the label then or did she sue to put that on the label I don't I don't know what is the origin story of why that is on the label like that thing is the biggest that just raises even further questions <laughs> like bit in the entire show and, and there are so many things that raise questions it's just really weird <laughs> that this happens okay so Blythe says uh, that she may have overreacted a little and Young me asks to define a little and going off from uh, my rant last episode. Oh, boy. You you might not remember it because of all the rents I went on this episode. But I do believe it is in character for Blythe to get hyper focused on something and try to fix it that Blythe would try to fix it like with a laser focus. That's what I mean. It's just the things that uh... She focuses on is where it may or may not be in character for her, which like, I don't think it would be in character for her to say, compete on a reality television show. I think it would be in character for her to try and figure out a solution to losing her ability to talk to animals. And then there's some wiggle room for other instances of this. That is my conclusion. So at the day camp, the boys come over and, uh, you know, nervously ask to come back until Vinny just blurts it out. And then uh, the girls welcome them back with open arms, coming to an understanding... Blythe comes in to see the hug fest and is glad that things worked out between them. And, like, she makes sure that everything is okay and uh, that the girls, like, might not, like, have too much stuff. And that maybe the boys also don't have too much stuff as well. And so he remarks that it isn't boy stuff or girl stuff, it's their stuff. And Blythe hugs everyone, and it's sweet, and then Vinny says it feels too tight and says that he preferred her hula dancing. And then it ends with the pets all napping, and Russell is a little restless. He then picks up the boa and sleeps comfortably now. And that ends the episode. So, as I've been saying, I thought I disliked this episode more than I do. It is a bit overpowering at first. And it is kind of, like, odd. But there's also a great bit of subtlety to it. The episode blends the two stories nicely. And it shows off how much these characters have changed and grown and come to understand each other. While dividing them in a way that kind of makes sense, where like, yeah, they're they're all stubborn and petty and you know butt heads, but that's just like people sometimes. Okay, if everyone got along in the show, it would just feel unreal. like there there has to be conflict because conflict is real. I am... Um, you know what I mean. I hope you know what I mean. It, it just shows how much, like, the, the writer here understands these characters, and how much they understand about themselves. Like, I mean, like, every character in this episode is written really well, and portrayed really well, and they they understand who they are in this moment the gender dynamics of the episode are better presented than how i remember it it is a little more even-handed and at the end we're even reminded that like traditional masculine and feminine stuff is more what you make of it than like you know, this solid line between the two things. Like, whether or not, like, you know, it's Russell liking the boa or Penny liking the cobra plushie. And, like, even Zoe says it's just all their stuff. There's no, there's no divide. And as for the Blythe plot, it's equal parts funny and emotional. So, like, whenever Blaith tries something... uh, To see what sticks, it is amusing. But it's also, like, an act of desperation. And, like, the page... Like, being actually torn... And, like, being stuck in the back... Is... Is a little... Is probably the best you can do with something like that. Because, like, I thought... Blythe was just missing the answer, and it was just, like, right underneath the entire time, and she just missed it. And that that would have been bad. But it's not that. It's, it's different. And as I said earlier, I have a point of comparison. And again, it is Raycan. <laughs> so, Raycan spoilers. Um... Let's talk. So, to reiterate, Raycan is a show in which a girl, uh, Hibiki, uh, goes to a new school, makes friends, and she can also see ghosts. And, uh, so there's there's a little arc in which Hibiki actually loses her ability to speak to the ghosts. And she also has trouble dealing with it. And, uh, I actually like both arc, both this episode and that arc, because I think it's over the course of multiple episodes where, like, she doesn't speak to the ghosts. And we don't see the ghosts. So, like, they, they... They both show an understanding about how each character would deal with the problem. Like, there are similarities between these two characters in that they're, like, genuinely helpful and positive people. And friendly and kind of easy to get along with for the most part. But, But they are different. So, one of their biggest differences is that Hibiki has had this power since birth, essentially, whereas Blythe only gained it recently. And Hibiki is a little more... delicate, I guess? I can't really think of a better word. But what happens in the arc is that Hibiki just kind of shuts down... And it takes everyone else to get her out of her stupor. Meanwhile, Blythe is a bit stronger. She works harder to try and alleviate... Like, her not actually losing her powers, but the idea that that might happen. And she works to get to it even going so far as to, like, not help anyone else because she thinks this is the bigger problem because if she can't help them now, she can't help them later, as she stated in the episode. But she is afraid of being weak. And, like, when she is weak, she's really, really weak. And we've seen that as well. Like the biggest example uh I can think of is in Helicopter Dad, where she actually just like breaks down and cries. Like that seemed unusual for Blythe, but it makes sense because like she she's just that upset that thing things have spiraled out of control so much especially with her father and she feels like she needs to be strong for everyone else because she's used to helping everyone else because it helps her and i think i think that's a great like sticking point and especially since like roger comes in and helps her like, it's no big deal. Like, we've seen him do that as well. And Blythe accepts it every time. And Blythe accepts help from all sorts of people. It's just, she sometimes feels like she needs to be the strongest person and bear the weight of everyone else's problems. But she doesn't. But she thinks she does. And that is actually shown at the end. Where in like an ironic little twist. Like she didn't need to help the pets reunite. That's just a conclusion they came to on their own. Like she thought she was going to solve this problem. And then talk the pets through this. When the pets didn't need it to be talked through in the first place, they just need to come to this realization on their own. So again, I think I think both of them like do it well and highlights the strengths and weaknesses of each of the characters. Cause like I don't know, one of the things about Hibiki having her powers longer is, like, she says that, like, since she doesn't have her ability to talk to ghosts, she's not special anymore, and people don't want to be around her. And then, uh, her friend Narumi says, it's not your ability to see ghosts that makes you special. It's all the little things you do. You're helpful, you're kind, you're welcoming. And, like, I don't know, like, Roger helps in a similar way, but also different. So I guess similar but different is is the whole thing between these two. As we're talking about ghosts and pets, and that's different. And again, with the solving of the problem, it is a problem that they created, but I guess that that is the trade-off for being human. No, you like problems will occur. It's just how you deal with them it's not it's not trying to live a life without uh suffering. it's how you get through it it it's It's how we survive is what makes us who we are and on that rise against lyric, I am going to end this episode. Because uh, I am over an hour. A lot of this is rant. And uh, I'm probably going to edit it. So it might it might not be over an hour for you guys. But it's over an hour on my end for right now. And yeah. I'm, I'm just going to end it. That is it for Littlest Petcast. Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Chat Engine. On Apple Podcasts. On the Google Play Store. And wherever else Iris has feeds go. When... They want to get away from the opposite gender of an RSS feed. That one's a little weird, but it's the only thing I could really think of. And be sure to tune in for the next episode, which is paint a picture, it lasts longer. I will see you then.